Here's what you missed on Many Realms. One thing that did happen to me was when the two of them got into my wagon. It was the little one. He was the one who cast a spell on me. It seemed like maybe she had hired him. I'm stuck to this dead person. What you're actually grabbing onto is a warm, wet tongue. Juniper, you hear a little snatch of strange, lilting song. I'm very cautiously following the siren. She says, Mateo? Then you round a bend, and you see blazing lights of a rooming house. I'm Jory, I'm playing Juniper, and it is rad to be here. My name is Jillian, I play Anisha. It's fresh to be here. My name is Eli, I play Olivette, and it's bubbly to be here. My name is Jordan, I play Mateo, and it's fantastical to be here. I'm Jesse, I'm the DM, and I'm more candle than you can handle. Welcome to Many Realms. Before we jump right into the storyline, just a couple of housekeeping notes. I did not dish out uh, experience points on Mike the last time we did it, so I just want to make sure that we're all caught up. Uh, Anisha, we talked about that. I gave you, Jillian, some XP for your performance of the sort of founding myth of Tower Hill. And for the fight against the veggie pygmies in the Toll House, I think for that basement fight, that was Anisha... Juniper and Olivet, who each got 50 experience points. And on the rooftop, it was Olivet, Juniper, and Mateo that got 100 experience points each. Oh, and your fight against the um, wagon mimic, Mateo and Juniper, netted you 100 XP as well. And I think that is where we ended up on Le Experience. Ginny Blackstock surveys the Fernwood Inn. It's a quiet night and understandably so. With the strange tragedy in Tower Hill to the north and the flooding on the road surrounding her establishment, the nearly empty common room is only a disappointment and not a surprise. What is a surprise is the door swinging open to reveal a young woman and a boy who look like they've just clawed their way out of hell. They are caked in layers of sweat, dirt, moss, blood, and swampy ooze. Her left hand and his right arm are coated with a sticky green slime that collects in fat, heavy droplets that splash thickly on the floor. On her floor. The inn owner rushes over to you, Juniper, and to you, Mateo, as you stagger into the front room of the Fernwood Inn, and she looks you up and down with a scowl on her face. She's a tall, slender woman with a long, straight nose, deep-set, dark eyes, and a stern expression. I think I already said that part, but I just want to emphasize not smiling. She says, can you pay? Depends how much it is. What have you got? Is there no set rates here? You got some gold on you? I don't know how you trade. Yeah. Okay. A, a little. Two gold pieces for a room for a night. Can you pay? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. She uh, says, come with me. And she leads you down a little hallway off the front room and into a small side room that has four or five tin wash tubs hanging from hooks on the wall and a pump in the center of the room made of brass. 
And she says, you won't be setting foot in my rooms until you're scrubbed clean. Oh my god, thank you. She says nothing and shuts the door. I am very excited. Wait, is there no, like, separation in here? Just one room. Wait, she's, oh, so she leaves us both in here together. I hate that. Whatever. I'm so gross. I don't care that much. Just, like, turn around. Yeah, I guess Mateo has some level of manners, yes. I should hope. (laughs) Yes. I mean, slim, but, you know, he's chaotic neutral. Um, (laughs) what do you talk about while you are scrubbing down? Because you do talk, and this is a talking scene, and I've decided to become more vocal about that. I need you to talk to each other in your character voices about character things. I'm still getting waxed out of my ears, probably. What, What is up with the siren thing? Do you know anything? Like, what's going on there? I mean, you heard me at the... When we met the, the lantern-y guy, I, I have no idea anything about sirens. In fact, I didn't think that they existed until ten minutes ago. I'm inclined to believe him, because whatever, that was fucking weird. Um, I, like, huff. I'm trying to, like, get this tongue off my hand. It's Ew. really stuck up on there. It's, it's like disgusting. the sponge just stick to your arm, and you're like... Yeah, it's got a lot of, like, adhesive property to it. It's, like, gorilla glued. And, yeah, yeah, and, like, the saliva itself is, like, very thick and, like, coating. And it's, like, you know when you um, get, like, white glue on your hand and it sort of, like, dries and there's, like, a layer of that? Are are you sure that you actually heard uh, what what, what the siren said? Yeah, I'm not the one with... I wasn't the one wearing earplugs. Sorry, I just... Based off what the lantern guy said, I thought that would be best if I, I don't know, plugged my ears. I was trying to think ahead. I get it. But, but sorry, what exactly, uh, um, um, pre- precisely, if you can, did, did the, the siren say? She just looked at you and said, Mateo, and then she whisked away. Well, I mean, that, that could be anything. Uh, you know, uh, Mateo's a pretty common name, right? You're the only one I've met. I've lived in a town with, like, 200 people my whole life, but you're the only Mateo in that whole town. Can we, can we keep this between us, though, uh, until I actually understand a little bit more about this? I mean, hey, you got your secret. Why don't you tell me a little something that's going on with that tattoo, and then I'll feel a bit more at ease because we'll both kind of have a secret. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I don't actually have a secret. I have a tattoo. Yeah, but it glows. I mean, we, you can be honest with me. It's You guys speak secret about it glows. You got some kind of superpower, supernatural, magic stuff. I, like, shrug. I say... I mean, my grandmother told me there was some magic in it when I was a kid, but... All right, there we go. Now we're cooking with cooking oil. What kind of magic powers did this this old this old hag tell you? Uh, grandmother, me. grandmother. Sorry, apologies, apologies. That's, I, 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 look, my uh, my um, <clears throat> vocabulary, my vernacular is not fully developed yet. You to um, excuse me, apologies. Your vernacular is not fully <laughs> developed yet. Twelve to sixteen. It's yes. a rough time. Yes. Um, uh, uh, sorry, your grandmother. Uh, uh, what what else did she say about this this magic? Even if it's if it's vague, that's that's better than nothing. Literally, uh, from some place she never told me much, but tattoos were a big deal. Um, something about plants and magic. I never she never taught me like what it was or what 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 it did. This is supposed to be like protective or something. I don't really know. Protective, protective from. No? No idea? No okay, idea. well, that's okay. So now we know about the same amount? I think you know more about my thing than I know about yours. Well, I mean, I don't know anything about mine, so we are still on the same page. You know, you're not holding out on me with this whole tattoo thing, right? We're, no, we I'm have honestly... an understanding, yes? Yeah. Okay, well, so we're, we're good. We're good. We're good. Did you get this tongue off of you yet? 
Uh, no, I, I should probably do that, yes. You tell me if you figure out how. Smash cut to the woods. So the path was flooded. The water was getting a little bit deep. The horses are getting a little bit soggy. And um, Barth, Ogman, and Granny uh, all kind of abandoned their wagons for the time being, packed most of their valuables uh, in giant backpacks. And the five of you, including Olivet and Anisha, set out on foot. And maybe after... 20 or 30 minutes of walking, you came across the same uh, blazing torches of the Fernwood Inn. And as you pushed open the front door, the proprietess strolled up from behind the counter and said, Barth, it's good to see you. You've brought some guests. Barth, the halfling merchant caravan operator, uh, gestures behind her with her thumb and says, yeah, these two are uh, a bit past and strange, but they've helped us out along the way. Let's see, let's get um, uh, two, three, let's get just three rooms for the night. I think that'll be sufficient. And she reaches in her back pocket and pulls out a little coin purse. Um, she turns to you, Anisha, and Olivet and says, uh, should we get some dinner first? I think so, yes. And uh, three bowls, whatever slop you got, Ginny. Ginny says slop, well, I don't know about slop. She takes the money. And you all sit down at a long wooden table. She calls into the back of the inn through a doorway, and a man, a boy, a boy man, like 20, scutters out. He has a big baked bun halfway in his mouth. He's still kind of chewing while he talks. And he spoons some stew into some wooden bowls, clatters them down on the table in front of you, and resumes his bun in the corner. Ogman turns to Barth and says, uh, Maybe in the morning we can uh, head back to the road and see if we can recover any of the wagons or the horses. And Barth says, uh, maybe, yeah, I don't know how likely it is, but it's, it's worth a shot. The proprietor uh, heads over and Barth says, by the way, this is uh, Ginny Blackstock. Uh, I've been coming to the Fernwood for, I don't know how many years now. Uh, she's always treated me fair and I think she'll do to you as well. And Ginny says, so, you were caught up in the flooding, I take it? I think we just missed the flooding, didn't we? I mean, we walked. I mean, you're up, everything up to your knees is pretty stank, so I imagine that you were walking through some muddy water. Yeah, I think we missed the rain part and hit the dirt part. A lot of the time the flooding can come from even further within the thicket, um, different water levels in some of the swampier parts of the forest. It can come from any direction. It doesn't always uh, link up with rain, in fact. I mean, I'm no biologist. I'm just a humble innkeeper, but I read the news. So you were heading from the north? Yeah. Uh, up from Tower Hill. Really? Do you know what happened up there? Yes, we're from there. Okay, well, I don't know how long you've been traveling for. There's no need to take that tone. Can you tell me what happened while all the candles on the roads have gone out? The... The great candle has been destroyed. <gasps> She looks down, she's shaken at a loss for words, and she says, Who, who did such a thing? I, I don't know. This woman snuck into town with the, with the caravan and destroyed it in front of my face. Oh, gods. She yeah. looks back, and over the fireplace, there is a um, portrait of Ulicon. 
and he's standing in front of his manor, and in the background you can see the tower with the candle. It's a, a portrait that's reproduced often and, and distributed throughout the thicket. And um, she walks over to it, and she says, I've been walking the thicket by the light of that candle since I was a little girl. I, I can't imagine how hard it must feel for the entire village. I'm, I'm very sorry. Me too. Your stew is half price. That's all I'll do. Don't ask me for more. Uh, hey, man, boy. He takes the bun out of his mouth and says, yeah. I'll have another. Okay. He goes over and gets some more stew. Um, at this point, there is sound and movement from further within the fernwood. And uh, from down a hallway come Juniper and Mateo. They are wearing dirty, soiled clothes, but their faces and hands and arms are clean. I am angry. Where did you go? What what could have happened out there that you would possibly think it's okay to stray from us? We were eaten by a wagon. We were eaten by a wagon. That is true. That's the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. Thank you. And yet it happened. Hey, Captain, have you, have you ever uh, gone toe-to-toe with a wagon? Emerged <laughs> out the other side? Yeah, well, you know, Mateo, usually they don't put up that much of a fight. Yeah, this well, one did. Yeah, this one he did. Was real sticky. Big tongue. Big tongue. We got stuck to the tongue. Are you sure you weren't fighting a wolf? Nope. Wagon. Insight check. Sure. <laughs> Natural 20. Oh, yeah. Anisha, you notice that there is a clump of wax on Mateo's left earlobe. Wagons aren't waxy. Why are you waxy, Mateo? All right, look, since we've left Tower Hill... I can count the number of things on my hand that don't make any sense, that defy every ounce of logic I've encountered in the 15 years of my life thus far. Now, I don't know about you, but, well, Captain, maybe you've seen the most outside the wall. Have you seen anything, anything at all, like anything that we've encountered so far? Or was this also your first rump with these weird creatures? I've already gone through this whole, I can't believe this logic doesn't make sense. It's something you all go through when you grow up in the thicket. Welcome to it. Well, because I, 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 I didn't, to answer your question, I put wax in my ears because I was worried that the long tongue of this wagon monster would make its way inside of my ear, and then I would be trying to clean the sticky stuff out for, I don't know, weeks, months. I mean, it took us... I don't know how long it took to rub this off. At least an hour of solid scrubbing. The kitchen boy sets down a bowl of stew and he says, Not a wet William. Yes, a wet William. That's the saddest fate that can befall a man. Yeah, and imagine a tongue the size of a man going inside of your ear. Can you imagine that? I can't, rightly so. Exactly. Those are the horrors that we saw tonight. So I would appreciate a bowl of stew, man boy. Yeah, that's fair. Do I believe him? I don't know. Do you? What do you want me to do? She rolled a 20. <laughs> yeah, she rolled a 20, so... I mean, that's totally fine, too. Your I, insight check, in my mind, was your attempt to see if, like, his appearance and demeanor matched what he was saying. So you noticed something that seemed incongruous, and then he tried to explain it. I'm not going to, like, decide what your character believes to be true. I have doubts. <laughs> but I don't say that. Okay. Olivette and I, we, we called for the two of you in the forest, but there was... There was no sign of you. you. You didn't answer. We were fighting a giant wagon monster. And I mean, I wish I could have heard you, but... And I gestured to the wax in my ear. Bart said we had to leave you behind. 
Well, that's shitty. Wow. <laughs> well, that doesn't inspire confidence at all. Well, I was confident that we could survive if we kept going. You know what? I, I, I do respect that, actually. I don't claim it was the nice thing to do. I claim it was the sensible thing to do. I, I can understand that as a starving orphan boy having to make my way in the world. There are wagon, sticky wagon monsters in the forest. That's it. That's what we've learned. If you want them to weigh in, uh, Barth doesn't really care about this argument because uh, it doesn't really affect her. Mate- or Ogman's like, he believes you. Yeah, he, he, no reason why you would lie. You've been capable fighters and we've worked together on this journey. Like, of course, if, if this is what you say has happened, then it's just another weird thing on the list of weird things in the thicket. And... Um, Granny has started drinking heavily. Ginny Blackstock walks over and she says, I don't mean to interfere, but you're my only customers tonight. And it's very annoying that you're being so loud at my table. I'm trying to do my crossword. If you'd like to get ready for bed, um, Barth has paid for three rooms. It's quite late and you seem fairly tired. Um, but I'd like to just show you where you're sleeping, if that's all right. We paid for our own rooms. Yeah, we've uh, oh, found that's our way right, okay there, Jenny. The and then, yes. Do I get, like, a child room or something? <laughs> well, <laughs> did you two pay for separate rooms, or did Juniper pay for a room for both of you? Am I the only one that paid? I only paid for one room. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to ride on the curtails of that and not oh, pay. Oh, okay, yeah, so then I only paid, paid for one room. room. So she walks you upstairs, um, and, you know, like all your packs and stuff you want to set down, the inn is pretty deserted because of the flooding on the road, so the rooms are all empty, and you guys can have the two on each side at the very end of the hall. They are pretty bare-bones, generic in-rooms. Each one has two beds and, like, an extra floor mat, a couple of chairs and a small table. One of them has, like, a little portrait of Yulikon in it. One of them has a, like, nice candlestick furnishings. The divvying up of the room, I guess, can be Juniper and Mateo in one room, Anisha and Olivet in another, and then uh, Ogman in one room, and Granny and Barth in one room. Mm-hmm. As you're preparing for bed, Anisha and Olivet, there's a knock on the door, and it's Ogman. Ogman walks in and says, uh, Hey, Captain. Uh, how you feeling? Uh, I've been better, I've been worse. It's just all in the job. Yeah, I got knocked unconscious. Almost died this morning, so that was pretty bad. Um, but you know what? Just, like, what a nice soft bed. Great pillows, great blankets. Love it. Yeah, I, uh, is that... Are you, are you here to just do a little chat, or...? You know, I was thinking about... You know, that's why I brought it up earlier in the day when we were kind of doing all that fighting in the toll house... And, um, you know, I'm really grateful for everyone's help. I think we did a really good job together. Uh, and, uh, that little lad, the one you seem to have kind of fallen around you like a wayward pup, um, well, I just noticed that he, uh, was real interested in my crossbow, but didn't seem to know his way around it super well. So we did pick up that spare in the guard tower. He, um, pulls out the crossbow and gives it to you, Hannah, first, and he says, I figured a lady like yourself is probably an expert in matters such as this. I thought... Maybe tomorrow, if we're going to be staying here for a day, waiting for the roads to dry up, uh, why don't you show him around the thing, give him a little training? <laughs> oh, Ogman, you are too kind for your own good. Okay. Is that okay? <laughs> That's a yes. Yes, I will teach him. Great. Well, I'll be, um, I'll be heading on to bed. The tradespeople discuss it, and they're pretty clear that it's the smartest thing to do is wait a day for the roads to dry up a little bit before trying to see if we can move on to Willow Run at all. Anything else before people go to bed for the night? Olivet, Anisha, have you ever, like, almost died? Mm, yeah, I mean, a few times. But what do you mean? Well, like, I almost died today. Can't say I like that very much. Are you, uh, are you okay? 
<laughs> I'm still breathing, aren't I? I will, like, put my blanket on her bed. <laughs> I hear that this comforts people. You know, if you don't die, it's just, you start to get used to it. As long as you don't die. It seems rather strange to get used to being on the edge of death all the time. I think... Hmm. I think it's kind of exciting or relieving. I mean, is there a point to life if you... if it isn't at stake? I'd, I'd never thought about it that way. I don't know. I, I had a job and tried to just do that. Didn't tend to involve uh, dying or almost dying. It's just my duty. Well, Anisha, you signed up for a new job. And this one, sometimes it involves dying. Sometimes it involves living and watching other people die. I don't know if this was a good idea. Maybe it wasn't. I, I think that sometimes too. But we're here now. We're gonna fix it and everybody's gonna be... Most people are gonna be okay. I wrap myself in the blanket. Okay. I think Juniper has a really extensive nighttime routine. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. And name the brands. I think um, she's mostly, like, her getting ready is, like, washing her face, doing all the stuff. She, like, I don't know. I don't know what this is doing for the plot. I just, important that everyone knows that Juniper works real hard. Get some character moments in. What is your thought about that? She's she's primping, she's preening. I'm going to be not doing that probably, as I've never owned uh, these products. Contrast. But I do want to, you know, uh, address the elephant in the room. Uh, and I guess I'd probably just open with, uh, so uh, you lost your job, huh? For now. I mean, unpaid internship, more of a volunteer position, really. How, how did, how did, how would you say it was? How, how would you uh, perform? How'd I perform? Yeah. I know, I guess I know the guy before me is his brother. You certainly do. Yeah. You know, I was in a bit of a shadow. Never really lived up to that, but besides, you know, it was fine. Um, if I had a little bit more time, I probably could have gotten better. It. Better than what? I than myself now at this point. Well, it's good you know at least. Excuse me. I said it's good you know at least. Oh. Okay. How good at this job was Felix? Very good. Celebrated was like on the cusp of completing his apprenticeship and becoming the chandler. Just because he was already there, he was like done his internship. I like just started two years ago, um, and like I could have gotten there. I just Keon already had his head down with this dude, and then the dude disappeared, and then I show up and I'm not there yet, and. Fucking Elgriff already put in his head that I'm not worth anything. It's just... Look, I'm not trying to insult you by saying that he was better than you. Okay, but... I, I, you know he's how better you than everybody. He's better than me. You know how you could have just, like, not said anything? And that would have been really much better. So, tact 
is this thing where you think about what the other person is going to feel about what you're saying, and then you choose what you're saying around it? You're the one that said that you weren't better than them. I just reinforced the idea. I thought that I could volunteer that after you said it. I'm sorry. Okay. You're young. I can say things about myself that maybe it's not like something a nice person would do to, like, pile on. You think I just don't understand the world because I'm young? I mean, judging... You're just general rudeness. Yeah, well, I've seen probably as much of the world, maybe even more than you have. So what makes you think that you're the authority in it, huh? I'm, like, more talking about dealing with people than, like, seeing the world. Well, I would have liked to deal with people, but I don't get that opportunity very often. Most of them are just trying to kick me out of my home. I've met more foe than friend. Which one are you? I mean, neither right now. You don't have to categorize people right away. What are you talking? What is happening? Read a book or something. Learn how people do by reading books. I don't know how to read. Oh, no. (laughs) No. Do you need me to teach you how to read? Is is that a shot? Are you trying to insult me? I, I'm sorry. How do you know the word vernacular if you don't know how to read? I listen well. <laughs> That's mostly, yeah. I, I, I've had someone read books aloud to me. I wish I could read. That'd be nice, but... Do you want me to teach you how to read? Maybe. Is this podcast Franklin Goes to School? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm like, I've put my foot in my mouth. Oh, look, I'm, oh. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to insult you. I just... I hold them in high regard, you know? All right. I said some shitty things, too. I'm sorry. I'm just... been a very long day. Okay. Remember, we still got that, that secret, right? You're not going to tell anyone, right? You, you know, I kind of had to dodge a couple questions earlier, so... Yeah, I yeah, need yeah. To know. Don't worry. I don't... Are you are you good at, at... I mean, I hope not, but, you know, I can... I, if you teach me to read, I can teach you to, I don't know, lie... I know how to thief, lie. connive, um... Manipulate. I have plus two charisma, sir. Oh, I have <laughs> negative one charisma. <laughs> I didn't say I was good at talking to people, like as a, you know, uh, a, a, a person-to-person kind of a thing. Just more of a, um, uh, making them, you know, kind of do things that benefit that's, you. That's okay. I'm. I'm okay. Okay, well, if you ever need to know how to use these lock picks, um, you know, I, I can help you with that. <laughs> there ain't gonna be any books on how to steal stuff, I'll tell you that. That seems Except not for true. steal this book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm like, I think I'm ready for bed. <laughs> I think that all of that is also lying in bed. Blanketless. Blanketless, like, <laughs> kicking herself. Because she feels like she's on the verge of making her first friend. Yeah, you guys are all um, doing quite badly at this. It's really, like, just, I mean, in carriage, like, you're bad at making friends with each other. Just um, awful. It's fantastic. Yeah, so she's, like, not sleeping well, just sullen. I'm going to be in a bad mood tomorrow. Like, ugh, I can never make them feel better. It's the morning at the Fernwood Inn, and the plan is to stay in or just not travel today until the flooding has a chance to recede a little bit, until the road gets a little bit cleaner and drier, and then you can continue on your journey. Olivet, what do you do when you wake up? I wake up pretty early, I think. I am going to knock on Juniper and Mateo's door. How early is it? Like, crack a dawn. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm not a What? 
Is the door, can I come in? Like, did you guys lock the door? The doors have locks? I mean, I feel like our door's Sure, locked. it's locked. It's the captain. Uh, uh, I'm just gonna keep knocking. I like pull my covers over my head. Jennifer, you unlock this door and I'll let you go back to sleep. No one's named Jennifer. I like come over with like my blanket still wrapped around myself. Classic, yeah. And I open the door. What? Good, good girl. You may go back to bed now. What? What the f- Why'd you open the door? I, uh, take Mateo out of his bed. You take me anywhere. <laughs> Get off me. Why? Why'd I drag him out? I try and struggle. She drags you out. Strength, right. it's seven. She doesn't have to roll. <laughs> I don't. I don't In have the to actual roll reality that. where she's like a 30-year-old woman who's like trained her entire life to be like a muscle-jacked fucking titan and you're like a little scrawny shit boy, she drags you out of your room. <laughs> help! 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 This isn't my mother. Help! Help! What do you Wants. You wanted that rapier? You had to earn it. Or, okay, we're outside now, I assume. Yeah, you can pull it By outside. doing what? You're just dragging I, me. Uh, what? I'm going to put a crossbow in his hands. Why did you have to drag me? Just say you want me to shoot the crossbow, and I pull the I pull the trigger. So, like, I do, like, a like a quarter of a second aim, if you will, and just pull it, like, okay. kind of, like, I'm not going to probably hit anything. It yeah. tumbles into the grass. There you go, I shot. Okay, can I go back to sleep now? <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought you wanted to become a trained, cool warrior, go off and save Felix. If you want to go on home, you can walk home right now. Whatever, just show me how to use a crossbow. Alright, so I'll, I'll walk and grab the bolt, put it in, teach him the basics, and tell name for that tree. Sure. I think I would like you to make a charisma check, Olivet, and I would like you to make an intelligence check, Mateo. To represent the teaching and learning of this skill. 19. 17. You guys got the same natural number. Ah. That means it goes super well. Mateo, I feel like, is maybe stubborn. Do you find yourself like a receptive learner? Are you like willing to take this seriously? You're just kind of doing it to to mollify her. Uh, I think that Mateo is like he's perceptive. I give her a hard time in the actual instruction, mm-hmm. but like I know, I know, like well, whatever. I know what I'm doing. Just give it to me and let me try. Like more of a trial by by error kind of a thing so uh-huh. I may script the first couple times and then watching uh, the captain do it I kind of see oh if I adjust my posture that way or if I do that that's what I'm doing wrong and probably more of a what is it not kinetic, auto- kin- kinetic yes, learner yes more of, more of a kinetic learner and Olivet I guess I can gather a bit of what your teaching style is like do you set up targets or crates I think I've just taken like an empty sack of flour pinned it to this shack and okay. I'm, I'm just starting off with like getting him to Can hit, hit it and like maybe yeah. walking further and further and a lot of yelling. We're gonna do one question each. The question for Mateo is what is the one moment where you say thank you to the captain and mean it? Well, I feel like towards whatever the end, perhaps when it's not dumb luck and a more like reliable aim after perhaps some uh, expert instruction, you know, it kind of be a giddy excitement of succeeding in that and then the thank you kind of like squeezes out, but it's still earnest. Yeah, I did it. Thanks, kind of a thing. Can you roll three dexterity checks for me? Uh, sure. Uh, that's 18, 17, and 22. Nice. You get 150 experience points, and you are now proficient in light crossbows. Olivet, your question is, what is the one moment where Mateo genuinely impresses you? I think there's a point when um, Mateo starts getting really frustrated at it, Mm -hmm. and I think he's going to quit, and I'm kind of thinking, like, it's another little boy who wants to play warrior, doesn't have what it takes, he's just going to go and sulk. And then he just keeps going and picking it up and keeps going, and I think that's what impresses me. Not that he hits it, but that he keeps going. Nice. 
Uh, can you roll two charisma checks? Yeah. 11 and a two. Okay, <laughs> you get 50 experience points for teaching someone a new skill. Anisha, what is your plan for the day? I mean, like my apprentices, what is a day off? I don't know. I suppose I fantasy Tai Chi a little bit, but probably also with my uh, quarterstaff. Just if I'm going to be fighting things, I should, you know, feel really comfortable handling it. So you're doing fantasy Tai Chi, and uh, a little after breakfast, Ogman uh, pops out the front door and sees you practicing on the front lawn. He says, uh... Hey there, uh, friend. Are you busy right now? I mean, like, a little busy, but are you super busy? Do you need something? Yeah, I could actually uh, use your help. Okay. He says, uh, me and Barth, we're going to try to go and see what we can recover of the wagons. Could use an extra pair of hands. Sure. So a little after breakfast, the three of you head out to uh, walk that, like, half hour back towards where the wagons and the horses were left on the trail. It is drier today, and the mud is is pretty deep, pretty slippery as well, but Ogman is pretty determined to locate the wagons. He's convinced that they can at least get some of their wares and, and materials that they left back there. Kind of miraculously, uh, after you walk the half an hour, you do see the wagons that are still there. The wheels are in deep ruts in the mud that they've sort of, like, carved into as they've been sitting out overnight. Two of the horses are gone, but two remain, which is a pass. It looks like the interior of the wagons might be untouched. It's hard to tell. So Ogman suggests lashing the wagons together, getting the two horses to carry them. Three empty wagons shouldn't be too bad as long as you all just walk alongside. So can you make a strength check to help him with his work? It's an eight. So you step forward and you are like, okay, I will hitch it. So you are trying, he's like handing you lengths of rope and being like, okay, just like t- a knot as tight as you can. And you're like, like this. And he's like, no, but, and it's trying to help you out as much as possible. You are leaning over him watching as he uh, fixes some wooden piece of the wagon when you hear a little bit of motion behind you. Spin around, grab my quarterstaff. Two mounds of mud on either side of the wagons are starting to sort of shift and squirm and bubble up. What in the fresh hells is this? Two creatures burst out of the surface of the mud. They have hunched humanoid shapes. Uh, They look like only top halves of bodies with just long reaching arms and slimy fingers and their torsos kind of just melt away into floating clods of mud. And you should roll for initiative. Fourteen. They rolled much better than that. And these two mud creatures crawl, climb over to you. Ogman. Ogman turns around. He's like, ah, shit. And the two of them are going to strike at you. What's your AC? 14. The first one swings its fist into you and deals six points of damage uh, as it knocks you back into the wooden wall of the wagon. The second one tries to fly around, get past you to terrorize Ogman, but you shoot out with your staff and block its progress. This is going to go poorly. Ogman, we need reinforcements. Ogman's like, I really didn't expect this to happen, although now in retrospect, with all the kind of wackiness, I really should have expected this to happen. Uh, and I'll, I'll start swinging. So the, the first hit does not do anything. But you have that sweet, spicy double hit, right? I do. So I'll try again. Uh, it's only an 11. Spicy. An 11 hits. Oh, thank God. That's three points of damage. Ogman heads around to the back of the other wagon to reach in and grab his crossbow that he left there. One of them is going to fly around and try to meet him. Do you mean literally fly or like yeah, mud? Yeah, literally fly. You need to make a dexterity saving throw, Anisha. 
10. Oh no, that's a failure. This is Shrektacular. It uses a move called Mud Breath. It belches viscous mud all over you. And you are now, you have the restrained condition, which means that your speed is zero. Attack rolls against you have advantage and your attack rolls have disadvantage. And you have disadvantage on deck saves for the next minute. I'm gonna die. <laughs> At the end of each of your turns, you can attempt to break free of this uh, mud that's hardening around your torso and your legs. And uh, you hear scuffling from Ogman. The sound of a loosed crossbow bolt. Mud creature screams and it flies back into your view and you can see Ogman charging forth. He turns and says, what the hell happened to you? I can't move. That's not great. Is there anything you can do about that? I don't know. I'm covered in mud. And it's your turn. I uh, suppose I'll just keep whacking because I can't move. 12. 12 hits. Nine points of damage. Describe it. Now that I'm restrained and I can't move, I take this as an opportunity to ground myself and with two hands, whack it as hard as I can like it's a baseball. Nice. Um, its head spins around exorcist style before returning to its normal position uh, and it screams at you in like a high-pitched shrieking voice that's somehow also like gurgly. Can I hit it again though? Yes. Same roll. Yep. Eight. You give it like a sort of a classic. One on either side. Exactly. Kisses on both cheeks. And it is starting to like crack and crumble a little bit. Like pieces of its body are starting to dry up and flake off, which is great. Do you want to make that deck safe? Uh, with disadvantage? Because you are restrained. One of those is a natural 20. <laughs> the disadvantage roll is an 11. Not so. Ogman is going to move around to try to get closer to you. He's going to take a shot at the one that's attacking Anisha, but he misses. However, the bolt whizzes between the two of you, and this mud monster turns and look at him, and the two mud monsters fly over and begin to swarm Ogman and they are both going to attempt to attack him. They swoop and dive around Ogman, and one of them clonks him pretty hard in the jaw, and Ogman's been receiving a ton of head trauma lately, and that knocks him down pretty hard. He is not completely out, but he is staggered, and he's on the floor reeling a little bit. And by on the floor, I mean, like, fully coated in mud. Anisha, it's your turn. Well, they got far away from me, so I'm going to start throwing things. What are you going to throw? I have darts. That's 18. Roll some dart damage. Four. Number one explodes in a cloud of mud. Yes! That splatters across the side of the caravan and smells like disgusting mud. You can still try to make a dex roll to break the yeah. mud. 21. Nice. You get frustrated at the fact that this mud monster is away from your vision and likely chewing on Ogman's face, and you find the strength in your sweet fucking quads, and you kick your way out of this mud cone that you've been wrapped in, probably with some, like, kick-ass, like, scream. Ha! Yeah, you do one of those, and you are now free and can move on your next turn. Ogman scrambles to his feet and uh, runs over to you and says, Hey, you can move! Yep, that's new. That's awesome. He shoots the other mud monster and hits it square in the face with a crossbow and deals a piddling amount of damage as he nurses his horrible multiple concussions. And it's the mud man's turn, and he is going to swoop over and try to attack Ogman once more. And he misses. Can I flank? Because the wagon's occupying that square, right? It is, so you couldn't really get in that position. Then I'll keep swinging. Okay. 16. That hits? Two-handed. <laughs> Four points of damage. Uh-huh. And I'll do it again, because I love hitting things. That's an 11. That hits? 
That's good enough. Three points of damage. Death by a thousand cuts from Anisha, from a splinter <laughs> off their quarterstaff. It is going to go after you again, now that you've hit it several hundred times. That's a complete miss. Ogman uh, rears back and shoots it, and this bolt actually carries the creature a few feet and pins it into the corner of the wagon. His face is bleeding, he looks scratched up, he's breathing heavily, and he says, Anisha, take care of it. I punch it. Because it is uh, sort of considered pinned, you have advantage on this attack roll. It's enough. <laughs> Great. For six points of damage with my fists. You punch its head into an explosion of clods of dirt and dust. I let the follow-through of my fist, like, cover my face so I don't inhale it. Yeah, just like the the World Health Organization <laughs> advises. Ogman staggers over, and he says, Glad I asked you to come with. I think I hate the thicket. You know, that uh, isolated life in a spooky old tower is sounding pretty good right now. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I mean, not, not nearly as exciting, I suppose, but uh, edge of death, like, never. Small, small comfort. Let's get back to the inn. Yeah. And you hitch up the wagons. Um, Barth was there, but she's not a fighter, and that's canon. You get the horses going, and you pull these three wagons back to the inn. And that is how you spend your afternoon. Juniper, what about you? What about me? Well, I got awoken pretty early, so I think I'm just up. What do you do when you're up? I have an extensive skincare routine. And probably go down to breakfast pretty early. Mateo and Olivet are already outside. Ogman is talking to Barth and Granny, and Anisha is already out doing fantasy tai chi. So you're probably alone in the room for breakfast. It's just you and Ginny Blackstock. You sleep all right last night? Uh, you know, as well as you can. It was nice to be clean, honestly. I should think so. You looked a terrible sight when you came in. Yeah, we got kind of lost out there. I've seen it happen. You're lucky you have your life, to be frank. Cool. Reassuring. Thanks. Yeah. Why, if I, you don't mind me asking, are you running in any here? Like, you could be in any town nearby. Safer. Safer, yes, but um, probably a little less useful. I think this place, more than anywhere, could use as many areas of sanctuary as possible. I mean, the realistic answer is that I inherited this building from my grandfather when he died, and I didn't feel like picking it all up and moving it. Okay, that's fair. But just think how you would feel if you were on your journey and my inn wasn't here. And then think about what that question means. Oh no, I'm not I'm not criticizing it. It was just curious, you know? I yeah, I'm grateful. Thanks. Love showers, love beds. Are you headed south or east? Um, I think we're trying to get to Willow Run, so I guess south. It should only take a day, maybe less, if you're quick about it. I've honestly never left home, so I don't really know where we're going. You've never been to Willow Run? No, never. That surprises me. That surprises you? Well, of course. Why? Well, just because of your, um, your facial, um... Just say tattoo. You could... Don't have to pussyfoot around it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to insult you. <laughs> Should we talk about something else? What do you mean insult me? Like, I know I have a tattoo on my face. Why don't I go check on lunch? And I wander outside. I probably watch... Mateo shoot some stuff for a while. I imagine after a while, Olivet, how does Olivet feel about spectators during her training sessions? I think that if it makes Mateo more nervous, it is a great way to learn. Does it make Mateo nervous? Uh, I feel actually pretty good because of uh, our our slowly improving uh, relationship. Actually, no, I think it would be the inverse that I would be more uh, nervous. Roll just a flat d20. 17. 
She sees you in a moment of triumph. What is it? Say we're 30 yards out and I'm getting a little, you know, confident. I'm like, I'm going to go to 40 or 50. And all of that's kind of like, mm, okay, all right, let's l- relax. And maybe that is a bit more dumb luck, but I managed to actually hit at that distance, which was not the expectation. I took this kind of gamble to, you know, try and impress both of them, I guess, and maybe it paid off. Nice. What else do you do, Jennifer? Well, after that, I give him a bit of a woo, and then I, like, carry on with my day. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm bored. I probably went upstairs to, like, all I have, I guess, is my makeup and stuff. As you went upstairs, you made a perception check. I rolled a 19. And you noticed something. As you were heading back to your room, you realized that all of the rooms have, like, simple, like, locks in the door, like, just standard stuff. And one of the rooms closer to the front of this hallway where all the bedrooms are has, like, a heavy extra padlock on it. Oh, can I, like, peer through the lock? It's hard to get, like, a a great view of the room, but it looks like one of the other rooms. You mostly see, like, a bit of the bed, the desk, the wall, like, the window. It looks like there's some paper taped to the wall, but it's too far away to get a good look at. Is Mateo still... Yeah, this would be, like, maybe just after lunch. Like, he's probably finishing up his training. I go find him while he's eating. Hey, you want to check, check something out with me? Slam my hands on the table and pull the chair out from behind me and I'm ready to go. What's up? All right. I like take him up to this lock. I'm like, can you pick this? Uh-huh. So we do want to learn about lock picking. Sure, yeah. I think this me. is a fantastic opportunity for instruction. First of all, what's, uh, what's in the room? What are we trying to get? What it's just doing? locked, like extra. So I'm interested. Just curiosity. Illegal curiosity. You're okay with that, right? Yeah, I'm. I guess you're not the apprentice Chandler anymore. I I just want to know what's here. Well, then let's find out. I pulled out my lock picks. Sure, you can crack this lock with no trouble. I just want to kind of do the rudimentary uh, instruction. It's a three-pin lock, so you need to wedge the lock open, and then what? Insert keys of different depths to match like the depths of the pins on the keys. And once you find the right depths uh, in all three, you'll be able to just simulate like the key going into the lock and opening it. Okay, uh, the door's open. I yeah. take a step in and see what uh, all the hubbub is about. Well, sure. This superficially looks like the other rooms that are in the inn, obviously. There are a couple of key differences. There is a circle of strange symbols and writings uh, in what looks to be blood soaked into the floorboards in this room. What did you say we were in here for? I just wanted to see. Well, you're seeing. Can I roll? Would it be Arcana? No. There is no way your character would be able to know that. What you do see is that the paper tacked to the wall on the far side of the room is a sketch, an overhead map of Tower Hill. Uh, That's Tower Hill. Yeah. Do you make anything of this? Do you, do you have no idea what's going on right. here? I mean, a cursory glance does give me a, uh, not a good feeling. Can I sneak, steal a pencil and piece of paper and copy it down? Yeah, totally. Uh, you probably have some writing supplies in your room. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to just write down that I have that sketch. I can only guess, uh, Juniper, that... I mean, we should probably talk to Ginny about this. Ginny seems like... She is quite uh, lax uh, in who she takes in. We shouldn't touch anything, the but I can is, only imagine that the culprit just kind of used here as a, as a stopping by before coming to Tower Hill. I don't necessarily want to tell Ginny we broke into someone else's room. Well, what's, what's Ginny going to do? Kick us out, not let us come back. I guess, but I mean, this is the life of a criminal there, Juniper. You know, people are unhappy with what you do. Is the life of a criminal doing the thing and then immediately telling the authority figure you did the thing? 
Sometimes you'd be surprised, but uh, you, you know, you have me on that one more often than not. I would say that uh, I'm inclined to not tell anyone the truth. Um, so that's fair. Uh, color me convinced. Great. Is there anything weird about the map? So there's like the charcoal layer of like the kind of uh, crude but generally accurate map of Tower Hill. And then on top of that, in uh, say like a different color, there are lots of sections of the village circled, sort of highlighted and different lines drawn between them, Mm. but not in any way that seems to conform to the actual geography. Like some of these circles like cut straight through like multiple buildings and highlight like a seemingly random like cluster of uh, roads and houses. One of them is like halfway in the farm field. One of them um, like almost touches the tower, but not quite. One of them is on the well with no bottom. So whatever these are highlighting and indicating, it doesn't seem to parallel what's actually on the map. All right. Uh, Juniper, I think that we can agree that this may be a bit over our heads, and maybe we add one more secret to our little secret stash, but yeah. I think we might need to consult Anisha on this one. Why Anisha? I think that they would know the most about this, considering I think that our culprit may have uh, been a resident in this room. Okay, I'm like not convinced that Anisha would know more about this, but I just feel like Anisha doesn't actually know much about This seems magical. You know, like maybe like something to do with religion or ma- maybe the religion they might know. Okay, I've convinced myself. <laughs> uh, at this point, where is it in the day? Um, it's late afternoon and you can look out the window and see three wagons uh, slowly rolling back toward the Fernwood Inn. Juniper, since you're not quite a seasoned lock picker yet, um, I- I'm going to make this place look nice nice how it was when we came in. Why don't you go grab Anisha while I do that? All right. I guess more particular to make sure that the lock's orientation and everything is going to be, mm-hmm. looks like it wasn't tampered with. Are you going to relock it? I of guess. course, of okay. course. Um, Would that be because it's, okay. it's an easy pick. So. Yeah, it's probably dinner time now. The young kitchen boy has set out a different stew, and there's bread. And uh, you know what? Jeannie seems to be in a particularly good mood. She sets out a uh, jug of some not great wine for everyone. Hey. She charges full price. That's fine. I'll pour three for myself. Oh my god, that's something I didn't know about your character. <laughs> she likes <laughs> she likes to unwind. Ogman says, "Well, I'd say uh, after a couple of days of not great stuff, we got the wagons back. I mean, there were some horrible mud monsters, but I want everyone to know that Anisha what? did a real uh, horrible mud monsters at the at the wagons. Yeah. Are you are you okay? Still breathing? M- mud? I don't know." conscious mud it flew it spit mud i got covered in i'm very muddy you're also i'll say this now because i think i have a better time to do it 100 experience points richer for the experience barth says well me and augment are going to try to work on the wagons and uh repair and restore as much as we can with the tools here so that by the time we get going tomorrow morning we can hopefully be as quick as we possibly can if you are not eager to head up to bed probably barth and augment and granny will go first i Corner Anisha over here. Whoa. I feel threatened. I feel cornered. <laughs> I hate you in the face. <laughs> hey, I have a question. Mm-hmm. What do you know about the occult? Can oh. you be more specific? I like nod my head at Mateo. Are, Get him over here. Are all of us 
at a table, or are you huddled in a corner? It sounds like Juniper has taken Anisha somewhere slightly less conspicuous, maybe like up to the bar or something. To be okay. frank, I don't know how all that would like the idea of us breaking into a room. So I know me, I wouldn't want you to necessarily be privy to that. Uh, sure, I, I come on over. Um, we just, we saw something, and we don't know how to suss it out, and we think you, we thought maybe you being, you know, more learned than Mateo and I combined could have some insight. Maybe. I mean, I don't really understand magic, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, but you read books, right? Yeah, yes. you read books. <laughs> we haven't, like, talked at all yet. This is like my first interaction with Nisha. Do read books. Well, that's more than I can say, so that's a good start. Uh, are you squeamish? Blood. Does blood bother you? Blood. I'm covered in my own, so no. Okay. Then uh, I think we're maybe good. All right. Um, hey, we're going to see you later, cat. <laughs> <laughs> Do I find this suspicious? Do you? We're just hanging out. In, in one sense... Captain Alvera is kind of used to people all getting together and ditching her, maybe. <laughs> That's so true. So is this just like another like, oh great, they've all decided that they are friends without me. Oh, wow, Alvera's sad. <laughs> I'll have three more glasses of wine. Granny comes back down from bed and she's like, fuck yeah, we're, <laughs> we're doing it tonight. <laughs> Granny, <laughs> Granny and I are getting lit. Uh, okay, so we go up to the room? Yeah, we show Anisha what we found. I smash that lock open and by smash I mean pick delicately yeah smash it like a, a youtuber Anisha you see on the floor these blood stains arranged in these strange occult symbols that you of course do not recognize you see the map of Tower Hill on the wall you see the bed and the desk what is this well that's what we want you to tell us I have a working theory you do that the particular individual that we're looking for may have stayed here for a time, either going to or from, or both, from Tower Hill. Okay. Does this help us know where they are or where they're going? Well, I mean, I was hoping that we could, that you could help us with, with that. Gesture to the blood on the floor and say, don't even ask me about that. I wouldn't know where to begin. Ah, shit. That was our best bet. I head downstairs, and I beckon all of that. What? What do you want? Can I just show you something real quick? Oh, no. Is it how you guys are best friends now and made flower crowns? No. it's No, no. Come look. Come, please. Look. I'll go. But I'm grumbling. You leave um, all of it up to the room? Yeah, I leave all of it up to the room. <laughs> She, like, literally falls down in shock. <laughs> Why did you make a mess of this room? We didn't. We found it like this. Okay, I shake myself, because I think that's going to make me more sober, but I'm wrong. Can I see this? Like, is the map out in the open? Do you guys hide yeah. it? It's on the wall. What's this? This, like, a sewer system? What's this? It's a map of Tower Hill. And I'm, like, tracing all the blue, and I'm like, I think that's a sewer system. Okay, let's get Granny. Let's get Granny. <laughs> I didn't want this to get farcical, but you forced my hand. You, like, head back downstairs, and, like, Ginny and her kitchen boy are, like, standing there, like, how's everyone doing shouting up there about stuff? And Granny's like, what? And what was the what? You just say, like, Granny, come here? Yeah, yeah. Fuck me, okay. Um, granny gets off her stool. She takes her little um, snifter of whiskey with her. She says, uh... 
Sounds like everyone needs Granny's help. I get it. You know, everywhere I go, people say, hey, Granny, help me with this. Hey, Granny, deliver this calf. Hey, Granny, cure my wounds. And you know what I tell them? Not when I'm drunk. <laughs> but I'll make an exception. What the fuck is going on? All right, we show Granny the room. She does a really great, um, just like perfectly timed spit take of her whiskey out to the center of the room. She says... Holy hells and everything in between. What is this? Did you do this? No. Did you do this? Who did this? We're trying to figure that out. Do you recognize any of this? Uh, give me a second. And she squats down and she starts kind of running her fingers over the the bloodstains and muttering to herself and kind of crab walking around the room as she's like squatting and looking at all of these. And she says, uh, well, um... This is interesting. This is, uh, very strange. Those are sewers, right? I don't know. But what I do know is that this is some kind of spell. Boom. Granny cracked it open. Wide open. Um, necromantic in origin. The blood. Sort of a giveaway for future sort of uh, examinations of this caliber. And here's the kicker. I can tell by this symbol and this symbol and this symbol and this that this is a divination spell. So you're trying to tell the future? It can be used to tell the future or just to gain knowledge, to spy on people or to locate objects. And I think whoever was using this was trying to get a read on something in Tower Hill. The candle! I mean, wouldn't they know where the candle is? is. Oh, fuck. It's okay. She's super drunk. (laughs) I don't know what they were looking for. I maybe with like a couple of days and my all my books, but uh, definitely looking for something. Definitely in Tower Hill. I snagged the map. Did you guys say we were gonna go confront Ginny? I don't know what you think, Granny. That's a good question, actually, because I think you come to the same conclusion I have, which is this is the work of those fellas that uh, did some dark deeds a couple days ago. Yeah. Do I think Ginny Blackstock was involved? I've been coming to this inn for 45 years, and I think that'd be a bit of a stretch. But she might have a record. Now, that's a good point. I want to pick up Granny. Oh, hello. Like a princess on her wedding day. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> we are walking downstairs. We have some words with Ginny. I'm going to oh try and get down there ahead if I can. You encounter Ginny on the stairs. Because every single person <laughs> in has gone upstairs and started shouting about stuff in one of the rooms. Hey, Ginny. Hello. Oh, we got a couple questions for you about this uh, room over here. Jenny, Jenny, Jenny. Jenny. Sorry, the, 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 I, went, I was looking for my room. I got confused. You were looking for your room. Yes, and I got confused, and there was there was the, the lock was off this door, so I thought it was mine, and I went inside, and holy... Jenny, do you know what's inside here? Your lock picks? No, they're outside, obviously. Thank you, Captain. Listen, Jenny. Listen, you. You no, violated you. the rules of this place. If I had half a mind, I could turn you out into the thicket in the middle of the night, and I'm about to, unless you can give me a very good reason to do otherwise. There's blood on your floor. I know that. It's hard to get out. Who was there? Typically, it is not my policy to divulge client information with the general public. There is a certain confidentiality that one must adhere to when one operates a facility, like an inn. Well, this confidential information is getting in the way of all the light and the candles burp you're drunk you're drunk i'm not drunk <laughs> so she she's like obviously like is not trying to pretend that this isn't like a crazy thing but she's also like 
why is it my responsibility to like give you the complete information, random right. fuckos at my end? Hi, Ginny. I'm sorry about this morning, first of all. The thing is, the reason we're here at all, like the reason I left home and Anisha left their tower for the first time in 45 years, we're here trying to figure out who destroyed the candle. And by the looks of this room, it seems like maybe it's a clue. And you want the candles to be restored just as much as we do. Of course I do. And that's what we're trying to fix here. Who knows, maybe this is some weird unrelated magic, but there's this map of Tower Hill with next to this blood spatter Dexter shit. If you have anything that can help us, it'll just get the lights on, you know? Okay, this is a pretty cut and dry persuasion roll, I think, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. I thought I did a good job. A five. Okay. Um, It was a pretty good speech. She says, I understand that you're all concerned about restoring the tower and restoring the sympathy candles. Of course, I share your concern, not only as someone who lives in the thicket, but as someone who makes a living off of the travelers within it. As far as I'm aware, you bear no writ from any king or council that I adhere to. So you have to understand that I'm not obliged to help you out. And I think that if you're going to attempt to work on this problem yourself, if you want people's participation, you ought to be a bit more transparent and forward instead of skulking around, picking locks, yelling at me in my own inn. It's not a very persuasive mode of behavior. That being said, I'm not a monster. I, of course, will help you. It was a man, a dwarf, who had stayed here multiple times in the past. Uh, His name is Nod. He was a rather sullen, shy fellow. No one liked to spend much time around him, and he always traveled alone. I didn't think very much of it. He had good coin. He didn't cause any trouble. I let him be. Perhaps a week ago or more, someone came to visit him here at the Fernwood. Was it a woman with dark hair? It was a woman with dark hair. It was the first time I'd ever seen her here, and she asked for him by name. I was surprised that he had a visitor, but again, it wasn't anything of my concern. The two of them didn't check out the next morning. So after lunch, I went up to their room to see if everything was all right, and the door was stuck. I forced it open, and I found this, and the two of them gone. Was the caravan at all nearby when they were here? Barth says, well, at about that time, we would have been... Uh, heading west, just past Thorley and through Hartshire, and on the road to this inn. So maybe um, a day or so away. It would have been close to when we got ambushed, yeah. It wouldn't have been uh, unreasonable for them to leave and come straight down the road and, and get us. Thing, is there anything else you know, Ginny? I tried to clean the place the best I could. I wanted to turn it over for new visitors because I'm interested in making a profit with this venture, frankly, but uh, the blood really got in there. I'm still working on it. But I cleaned every other corner of the place and I found a note. She says, I don't think it has much useful information, anything more than we could already say, but maybe it'll help you. Mr. Nod, thank you for your continued correspondence. Included in this package is the first portion of your payment. I will meet you at the main inn in two days time and we will proceed from there. As instructed, I search for the artifact you specified, but I was unsuccessful. My family didn't keep such things, I'm afraid. 
If any exists, they are not in Hartshire. I trust we will be able to move forward nonetheless. I anticipate our next meeting, V. So they are not in Hartshire. But they were. They were in Hartshire, but something was not in Hartshire. An artifact. And so the other person is V. Does this help you at all? I think so. Um, Why did you leave the map of Tower Hill up on the wall when you cleaned the room? Well, this note was loose on the floor, so I didn't think much of picking it away, and that looked like it... Well, the whole thing seemed sort of magical, and I don't fuck with that. Mm. And I didn't want to get cursed or zapped or hexed or had my legs turn up into jelly or roots. Fair. So I left it there. I did not consider that when I grabbed it. Well, that's why I'm a small business owner. If you intend still to leave tomorrow morning, I think it's best that we all retire for the night. Granny, let's get some whiskey. Granny's like, shot, 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 <laughs> shot, 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 shots. That was Many Realms, and it sounded pretty good. See, I told you, the audio's gonna get better. Stay with it. Patience, persistence, dedication, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Thank you for spreading the word to support the show. We do not advertise anywhere except on social media posts. So if you see those, please share them. Please tell your friends about this brand new podcast if you liked it. Check us out on Twitter or on Instagram at The Realms Cast and let us know what you thought. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Many Realms.